I'm going to kick this off with a special announcement. If you want to experience the energy of Relationship Alive in person, then come to Portland, Maine on Thursday, June 6th, 2019 for Relationship Alive Live. Our featured guest will be the esteemed Terry Reel, author of The New Rules of Marriage and creator of Relational Life Therapy. It is such an honor to be having him visit us here in Portland, Maine. We'll also have musical guest Katie Matzel joining us and the chance for you to ask me and Terry your most pressing relationship questions. And overall, it's going to be a great time. Two hours of fun and growth and way cheaper than a therapy session. Show will be starting at either 6.30 or 7. We're still ironing out that detail. And we will be at One Longfellow Square, an amazing intimate room with limited seating available. So to purchase your tickets, please visit neilsatin.com slash tickets. Looking forward to seeing you there on Thursday, June 6th, 2019. You've probably heard about the five love languages, and those are helpful, for sure, when you're thinking about the way that you give and receive love. However, if that's the only place you focus, then you're missing another very important conversation in your relationship. Let's call it your four fear languages, the four fear languages, the universal ways that we experience fear. And not understanding this will have an even larger impact on your relationship, both in terms of how you understand yourself and, of course, in terms of how you understand your partner and how they understand you. So today, let's just forget about the five love languages for a minute and dive a little deeper to talk about the four fear languages and how they show up. I think that you'll find this information to be really helpful in understanding and ultimately overcoming your triggers. I want to start with some quick gratitude. I've been getting a lot of email recently from new listeners to the show, and many of them have specifically mentioned that a friend turned them on to Relationship Alive. So thank you so much for sharing Relationship Alive with others. You never know who's going to be helped by simply choosing to share an episode with them that was meaningful for you. With that in mind, as you may have heard me say, Relationship Alive is an offering to you to help you have the most successful, thriving, joyous, rich relationships possible. If you're finding the show to be beneficial, then please consider a donation to help ensure that we can continue. To choose something that feels right to you, just visit neilsatin.com support, or you can text the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And this week, a little extra gratitude goes out to Bin, Angie, Barrett, Cynthia, Sarah, Jordan, Stephanie, and Kelly. Thank you all so much for your ongoing support of Relationship Alive. This episode is also brought to you by Green Chef. For $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us alive. And I'll tell you a little bit more about them later in the show.
Finally, just a quick reminder that there are two free ways for you to get extra support in your relationship, especially if you're talking about your fears and your triggers. If you haven't downloaded it yet, you can grab the guide to my top three relationship communication secrets. These are the kinds of things that will help you stay connected to your partner no matter how challenging the topic that you're talking about. So just visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 to download the guide. And if you're on Facebook, you can join the Relationship Alive community where we have more than 2,700 people who are gathered to create a safe space to get support in your relationship. And for those of you who are single in your single life as well. So if you're on Instagram, we also just started the Relationship Alive official Instagram page. So just make sure you follow the official account, not the person who's posing as Relationship Alive. So it's Relationship Alive official. Okay, I think that's it. Let's get on with the show. So as I mentioned, we are going to spend today talking about the four languages of fear. It actually feels kind of funny to call them that. I was really just looking for a way to tie it into the five love languages. And the love languages are great, except what I've noticed is that it really kind of narrows everyone's focus on what they're talking about in relationship. It's so catchy, right? You, you find out about the five love languages, uh, gifts, acts of service, words of appreciation, physical touch, quality time. That's what they are. And as soon as you uh, learn about them, then a light bulb goes off. You figure out, oh, these are the ones that I really value. And oh, these are the ones that my partner really values. And oh, this is how we're not necessarily matched all that well. Or this is how I've been trying to give my partner love in a way that they don't know really how to receive. Ultimately, though, I think that we all appreciate on some level all five of the love languages. And the four fear languages are, n- are not an exception either. We all experience all of these. And yet the flavor with which we experience them or the ones that we tend to gravitate towards, that does change depending on who you are. So there are only four of them, and so we're not going to have to take three hours to go through it. You don't have to read a whole book on them. I will go through them here for you in short order so that you can recognize where they're operating in your life. And some of them have obvious ways of operating and then some less than obvious ways of operating. And I'm going to cover that so you can get a sense of the nuances of the fear languages. And one thing that's important just to frame this whole conversation in a way it is similar to the love languages conversation because what you'll realize is that there are ways that you are interacting with others in your life that are affecting them and you might assume that you're affecting them in one particular way in fact one of my favorite communication tools, and this isn't even in the communication guide that I mentioned earlier, is um, to lead with my story is that something is going on with you. So my story right now is that you are angry at me because I just told you that I want to um, go on a raw food diet for the next 10 weeks. Could very well be true. Um, 
But we carry around these stories about how we are impacting other people. And those stories often are not true. So the four fear languages will give you a different filter with which you can look at how people are responding to you and also potentially some avenues for talking to them about it in ways that will be meaningful and helpful. And of course, you want to be careful here because talking about fear in triggers is something that is really vulnerable for most people. I'm right there. And especially if something is really deep, being willing to see it for what it is, being willing to own it, sometimes just acknowledging that you have a particular fear can be one of the hardest things. So I, I'm offering you this information with some trust as well that you'll wield it responsibly um, with tenderness, with kindness, with compassion, uh, not only for other people, but also for yourself. So if anything that I'm about to say sparks something in you, just know that I am also holding you with compassion and love and caring and tenderness. That's why we're having this conversation so that you can understand yourself better, so you can understand the people around you, and, um, and you'll get to understand a little bit more about me as well as we go. Okay, so in our world, and I do want to say that I am uh, grateful to my teacher, one of my teachers, her name is Gabriele Lachiara. She's been on the show a couple times. Um, in fact, she has been on in episodes number... 16 and 148. So definitely check those episodes out. And in in our work which uh, with her, which we call Infinity Practice, uh, one of the things that we talk about are the ways that our primal brain responds to the world. So these fears come from this teaching around how our primal brain is taking in our experience and how it affects us and how we can get locked down. And I'm sure you can relate to that experience of having something come at you crosswise and trigger you and where you feel like you are literally locked into a particular pattern of reacting to that thing. And that's why we talk so much about um, noticing when you are triggered and coming back into presence when you're triggered before you try to respond. Because when you're triggered, there's a very limited, narrow range of responses that come naturally. And they're usually one flavor of either uh, flight, getting out of there, fighting, getting aggressive, or freezing. Those are the three basic things that happen. So, um, so for you, the more insight that you have around what's causing your fears, the more you can see them happening in the moment and the more you can take care of them in the moment, come back to presence, reassure yourself or reassure your partner um, or the other person, and, and then get back to the creative, playful amazingness of actually relating and getting along. So that's the point of this whole piece. So thank you, Gabrielli. And uh, now let's dive in. So the very first fear that we all share is around our physical safety. 
So in our lingo here, me and Chloe call it safety and being safe. And again, we got this from Gabriele from our work with her. So what does that mean? It means your fear that you may literally be hurt or you might fall or um, you might experience some sort of physical pain. Now, some of these things are obvious. Like if you are in a situation that is obviously physically abusive, then that's a moment when either you or your partner is causing physical pain to the other. And, you know, the general guidance around any sort of violence in a relationship is to get out and get help. So we're actually going to have the Gottmans back on the show in the not-too-distant future to talk about their amazing work with people who are going through domestic violence situations. But So that's an obvious um, situation where it would make sense to be feeling fear if your physical safety is being threatened. But there are other ways that that can be impacted as well that, again, are... um, a little bit more subtle. For instance, let's say your partner yells at you. The impact of those sound waves um, could make you feel like your physical safety is actually being threatened. And maybe they're not even yelling at you. Maybe they're just yelling in frustration. Have you ever been walking down the street and someone, actually this just happened to Chloe the other day. She was walking down the street and someone else across the street slipped on the ice and fell. And they were yelling and cursing and just, you know, all of this energy came out of them. Now, obviously, their physical safety was threatened because they fell on the ice. Um, but also, Chloe felt the impact of the the fierceness of those words just coming at her. Um, And of course, it's helpful to learn ways to be boundaried and protect yourself from things like that, Um, because it's it's all around us all the time. Um, People infringing upon our space, on our boundaries, in ways that can actually leave us feeling physically impacted, physically unsafe. Um, So that is one piece. And then another piece around this fear could be that you are afraid that you might actually be Um, negatively impacting someone else's physical safety, and that could cause a fear in you. Now, that one is a little bit more subtle, but an example that comes to me right off the top of my mind is when you feel like you're, like someone else is really fragile and you really need to care for them. them. I think about, you know, when I was holding my son when he was first born as a baby and just how precious he felt in my arms and realizing just how um, just how delicate his existence was in that moment. Um, and so for me, I actually had these fears of, oh my gosh, like what if I accidentally drop him or you know, just some of their some of them are irrational, but then, you know, if you're a parent, then you realize they're not so irrational after all because You know, I flash forward a few years to when my son was, you know, maybe he was just under two and he was walking across the porch and took a step off the stairs and fell, tumbled. And I watched it happen, him cartwheeling off the off the porch, you know, down three or four stairs. 
And, you know, there's that that fear that I wasn't actually there and able to protect him, um, to protect his physical safety. So that shows you how it can go both ways. And if you sit and think about it, then you'll probably unearth all the other subtleties. Um, but if you're in a situation where your physical safety is being threatened or where you might hopefully inadvertently be run the risk of uh, jeopardizing someone else's physical safety, then it is natural for you to get triggered. And you can experience fear in different levels. It can just be like the subtlest level, like the, the littlest, tiniest, we call it in the infinity world, an impediment, an impediment to your um, well-being in that moment. Or it could be a full-blown phobia where you've just decided that you are unsafe in the world and in fact you operate that way at a subconscious level. Um, and this is a great place for you if you feel like that might be going on. It's a great place for you to get help from someone, a coach, a healer, uh, someone who does EMDR or somatic experiencing or a therapist, someone who is experienced with working with people who have that deep level of fear. Um, so I'll just give you the other two levels while we're here. So we, we covered phobia, which is like the deepest, um, most um, profound level. Um, then you have something that's more at the level of just being a, a fear. It's still pretty severe, but it's not quite at the level of phobia. So that's a, a fear of yours. Then you have something being a threat to you. So it's just like, you know, these words maybe are somewhat arbitrary, but it just allows you to kind of give things a rating on a scale of one to four. Four being the worst, the phobia level, three being the fear level, two being the threat level, and one being the impediment level. So those are the four levels of severity of a fear. And it can be helpful for you to think about, well, how how big a deal is this? Does, is this something that's impacting me all throughout every aspect of my life? Or is this something that is relatively minor, but I do feel the way that it infringes upon me and causes me to uh, collapse into a fear response or explode into a fear response. Okay, so that's physical safety, our first language of fear. Let's cover the next fear language. The next fear language uh, actually ties in to the love languages. It is the fear that we won't be loved or the fear that our love will not be received. So kudos to Gary Chapman in this moment for getting at this particular fear, which runs so rampant in relationships, right? That feeling of like, oh, this person doesn't really love me. Um, and you can feel that way for good reason. You can feel that way for um, because it's just part of your story about it. You could be carrying around a story that you're unlovable and no one will love you. And if that is the case, then honestly, nothing your partner can do will help you with that fear at its core level. Now, they may be able to show up for you again and again and again and just be like inundating you with love in the language that you or languages that you most appreciate. And that will probably have an impact on you for sure. It'll feel good. And 
maybe you know someone like this where they've been receiving love exactly the way they want it from their partner, but they still feel like it's not enough or it's not quite right. And that often comes from that place deep in their core where they do not feel like they are worthy of being loved that way. Um, Again, some level of this is normal. And it's normal if you feel in a particular situation like someone isn't showing up for you with love, someone that you want to be loved by. Um, But that being said, think about the power of the kindness of strangers, right? It, it comes at us also the other way. When a stranger is unkind to us, when they do not, when they do not act with, towards us in a loving way or a kind way, kindness being a flavor of love, then that can feel really horrible. It, it can stick with you for, for a day, for a week. So that's why this fear is another one that is so important for you to understand. What are the ways in which you want to be loved and you know this is where the love languages conversation comes in and are there ways also with the flip side where you fear that your love will not actually be received by another person this is one of often the main obstacles to showing up fully in a loving way if you feel like the other person is just going to react with sarcasm or brush you off, brush you aside, or not really receive you, then that can also feel horrible. And the fear of that happening is, as I just said, one of our core fears. So the answer for you, for all of these fears, is to start thinking about what are the unique ways, the unique flavors that this fear shows up in your life. In my guide to our universal human needs, I talk about the vehicles for meeting your needs. Um, And if you haven't downloaded that guide yet, you can get it right from the homepage of my website, neilsatin.com. If you click the send me the action plan button, Um, or I think you can text the word relationship to the number 33444, and that will get you the needs guide which is super helpful because while you can talk about the needs that you have that are more specific to you like your your personal needs um you know like i need you to um fold your clothes and put them away after you do the laundry this is one i hear a lot because i'm notoriously bad at finishing the the laundry job that i love to start for some reason um but when, if you can appreciate that there are these personal flavors, then that's great. But there are also these universal needs that I talk about in that guide. And we're talking about the universal fears that we all have in this conversation. Um, there are, of course, other specific fears, fear of being vulnerable, fear of commitment. But they all boil down at their core to these four that we're talking about today. So if you can also look at the vehicles, the ways that you experience that fear. What are the ways, what are the times when you feel your fear of not being loved? What are the circumstances around which you feel like your love will not be received? You might be able to pull a few up really quickly and 
Um, as, as always, I encourage you to stick with the question for a few minutes because sometimes the deeper answers surface that might surprise you. Um, and if nothing else, just pay attention. Hold that question in your life. Is this a moment where I'm fearing for my physical safety? Is this a moment where I'm fearing that I won't be loved or that this person won't receive my love? And make note of that. Sometimes it's not something wrong with the other person. Sometimes it's simply the story that you're telling yourself around whatever it is that's happening. Other times, someone is doing something that, that is having an impact on you and is triggering a fear of yours. And this is where the conversations in relationship can be so powerful. It's not that it's other people's job all the time to be taking care of you, although wouldn't it be nice if we lived in a world where everyone was looking out for everyone else? I mean, that would be great, something to aspire to. But in particularly in relationship, it can be so helpful if you know that, for instance, if I don't say goodnight to you, before you go to bed, if you know that that is going to trigger your fear that I don't love you, then you can have that conversation with me. And now that I know that, I can be in choice around it. I can know like, oh, tonight I'm really, really busy. I'm working hard. You're tired. You're going to bed. But if I don't take the time to say goodnight to you, I know that I am triggering on some level this deep fear within you that I don't actually love you. And once I know that, I'm not going to make the choice the same way. I'm going to show up for you uh, because that's, I think, what we want to do in relationship is if, we, if we're going to trigger the other person, let's at least do it in a way that's, that's meaningful and rich. Let's not do it callously or haphazardly or over and over again. Once you know that it's a problem, let's figure out a way to address it, okay? So that's another reason for you to know about these fear languages because once you know them it gives you a way to talk about them and even sometimes to depersonalize it so if chloe for instance came to me and said neil when it's time to go to bed at night and you don't come and say good night to me i know that you're really busy working um and just so you know i i do always say good night to chloe but um in this hypothetical situation, um, I know that you're really busy. And that being said, um, it's just when you don't say goodnight to me, I feel it triggering me on this deep core that it, it feels like you don't love me. Well, I'm going to show up for that a lot differently than her just say complaining, like, why don't you, why don't you say goodnight to me when you're working or do you feel the difference? I mean, hopefully you do automatically. It's a, there's a huge difference. Um, and I will say that even in this specific example, like with Chloe and me, we'll, like if we're traveling apart from each other, so we're in different time zones, it's not always practical to say goodnight when the other person is going to bed, but we'll almost always leave at least a text for that person. Goodnight. I love you. See you. Talk to you tomorrow. Um, just because even if you don't get that message when you go to bed, and we've come a long way in terms of how we hold each other and know that we're thinking about each other, even when those words don't get said right in the moment. But it's still super sweet to wake up and see a good night, I love you text the first thing when you wake up in the morning. 
um, maybe even coupled with a good morning text as well. Okay, we have two more of the fear languages to cover. But before we do, I'm going to take just a quick break to talk about this week's sponsor, Green Chef, who not only have amazing food, but who are also offering a great special for you to give them a try that I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode. Chloe and I have really been enjoying their paleo menu, because that's how we tend to eat, which not only includes yummy, sustainably sourced meals, but it also makes it really easy for us to cook something together. Most of the prep work is done, so all we have to do is follow the step-by-step instructions that they offer, and voila, there's a high-quality meal that everyone can enjoy. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone. Recently, we cooked one of our Green Chef meals for a family get-together. So we had my mother, her partner, my grandmother, all over to celebrate my son's birthday with this amazing lemon chicken recipe that everyone ate and enjoyed and raved about. Um, So Green Chef literally pleased four generations of my family in one sitting. So Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company. And each week they send you a wide variety of organic ingredients and imaginative tasty recipes handpicked and delivered right to your door. Their meal plans include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, Mediterranean, heart smart, lean and clean, keto, gluten-free, and omnivore. Their expert chefs design gourmet recipes for you, and the pre-made sauces, dressings, and spice mixtures help you get more flavor with less time spent in preparation. And as I mentioned, they have a special offer for you as a Relationship Alive listener. For $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash alive. That's $50 off your first box if you go to greenchef.us slash alive. And thank you so much, Green Chef, for helping support thriving, healthy, sustainable relationships with your easy-to-fix, tasty, yummy, nutritious meals. Thank you. Okay, so we have two more of the four fear languages to cover, the languages of fear. We've already covered uh, physical safety as one of the primal fears. We've also covered um, love and, and being, being loved and giving, receiving, having your love received as the second fear language. So let's dive into the last two languages of fear. Okay. So language number three is dun, 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 abandonment and being abandoned. So, all right. And a lot of people mix these up. So this is another reason why these are so important and powerful because it helps you discern what fear you're actually having. Um, but a very core fear that we all have is this fear that we will be abandoned. And this probably stems from the helplessness that we experience as an infant, where we literally are dependent on others for our survival. If we are abandoned, we will die. And in truth, I don't think 
many of any people thrive in isolation as adults either. So that idea that we could be abandoned and be cut off from others um, and left to be alone, that goes deep to the core of what we know we need to survive as humans on this planet. So that could be someone um, literally abandoning you. They, they make a plan with you for a date and they don't show up. You're abandoned. It could be the abandonment of someone threatening to leave the relationship. If you don't X, Y, Z, then I'm out of here. I'm done. Fear of abandonment. Um, it could be something even simpler. It could be someone running five minutes late. And in those five minutes, it triggers your fear of being abandoned. It could be that when you're um, out at a gathering and the other person doesn't, um, your partner doesn't acknowledge you at the party, that could be a way that you feel abandoned. Um, or they're talking about their life and they don't mention something really special and exciting that just happened for the two of you. Um, that might be another moment where you are feeling abandoned by your partner. And so it's that quality of abandonment that you're looking for to distinguish it. Like, is this about being left alone? Is this about being on my own, about not having someone there? Or, you know, in the case of like our previous example, is this about me not feeling loved by them? Do I not feel like they love me because they didn't um, come check in with me at the party? Or is it that I felt like I was just alone and abandoned? Now, again, we want to learn how to take care of ourselves. So if you're feeling abandoned, how can you show up for yourself so that you recognize that no matter what, you can never leave yourself. You are always there for you. And in fact, all of these fears, there are ways that you can show up for you. You can always show up to love yourself. You can always, hopefully, take action to preserve your physical safety. Um, I guess this is there's a hopefully attached to all of those um, and if you're in a situation where that isn't true or you've been in that situation, then hear me, I'm really sorry that that happened to you or if it is happening, that it is happening and I encourage you to find some help. So these fears are big deals and, and I don't want to talk about it so flippantly that you feel like, oh, it's not a big deal, it's your fear or it's like the love languages and the fear languages. We're getting at the core of why we might shut down in the world, why we might flee, why we might fight and get irrational, why we might freeze and not know what to do. These are very deep issues that run within us. And, and I'm bringing them up with a sense of the sensitivity that I mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation, um, knowing that this is all a big deal. And if you're feeling it on the level of a phobia, or if you're feeling it on the level of an impediment, it's still a big deal. So it's helpful to be able to discern, to know, is it an impediment? Is it a threat? Is it a fear? Is it a phobia? One, two, three, four. Or, um, you know, to know is helpful, but it doesn't diminish the fact that it's still having an impact on you. The other nuance to the abandonment piece is not just being abandoned, but also abandoning. So again, 
this might bring up a deep fear in you that you're that you won't be able to show up for the other person this is common in uh, like a fear of commitment that you know once i'm in i don't know if i'm going to be able to to actually live up to what that other person wants and expects from me and assuming those desires and expectations are reasonable then you might fear that at this deep down core level that you're going to abandon that other person and again that could trigger this deep sense in you that once you're aware of you get to work with it right so are there subtle ways in which you fear that the people that count on you most that you might abandon them and what kind what does that stir up for you what kind of shame does that bring up for you etc um that's something that you want to work with and uh, and heal. So in all of these things, you can heal them once you shine the light on them. It doesn't mean that at some point in our lives, we're going to necessarily be fearless and live without fear. Um, we'll probably always experience new nuances, but it does with the language, just like the love languages gives us a way to articulate our experience of love. These languages of fear give you a way to articulate your experience and um you know in the great words of i don't know who said this first but i've heard dan siegel say it a bunch you name it to tame it right so okay so that is the third language of fear the fourth and final one is the fear that we will not be acknowledged or seen or validated or approved of so and and the the flip side of that is that we also have this fear that we may not see other people we may not see them in their brightness and their specialness and their um and their brilliance on the planet so this final fear comes up a lot and ties into our need for significance which um, if you've got the needs guide, you've you've heard me or seen me talk about. Um, but deep down, we do crave and need to be seen for who we are, for what we offer, to know that we're special, that we're okay, that we're unique, that we're important. It's a need that we all have. So the the flip side of that need is the fear that we won't be seen or appreciated and there are all these ways that that can come up so for instance when in the example that i used earlier with someone um being late to a uh, a meal or a date with you you might experience that as an abandonment you might experience that as um that you're not being loved you might experience it as they don't see me they don't think I'm important. They don't think I'm valuable enough for them to commit to being on time. So again, it may or may not have anything to do with how that person actually experiences you. In fact, if they made a date with you, the odds are pretty good that they like you a lot on some level. However, your internal representation of what's happening goes straight to this fear in this case that you are not being seen. 
Um, a lot of people, myself included, can have this fear connected to family members that certain important family members aren't seeing you, aren't valuing you for how you contribute to the world. Um, it happens a lot in the professional environment where um, people feel like their work isn't being valued or appreciated or that someone else uh, steals the limelight. So these are all the ways that this fear of not being acknowledged or seen um, can show up in your life. And if you're confused about the fear that I won't be able to see another person and how that can trigger a deep fear, um, one way to think about that would be if you've ever been in a situation, for instance, where you're faced with someone that is really special to you. Oh, here's a great example. Like when you sit down to write a birthday card or a Valentine's Day card, you might have the fear that the person won't actually get just how much you see them, just how much you see how special they are. And that fear can have you um, freeze, for instance. You might be so tongue-tied that you don't even know what to write in the card. You might flee. You might um, decide, oh, I, I guess I'm going to forget about <laughs> Valentine's Day this year. Or, you know, I, oh, uh, it's your birthday, right? Or... Um, or you might fight. You might say, you know, Valentine's Day, that's just absurd. It's a, it's a Hallmark holiday, and who cares about that? And Right? So here are all those flavors, fight, flight, and freeze, all tied into the fear that you actually aren't capable of seeing another person in all their glory and expressing it to them. See how that works? So I invite you to play with the nuances of each of these fears. Love, Safe, physical safety, love, abandonment, and acknowledgement, and play with each side. So there's the side of um, being on the, on the receiving end, and then there's the side of being on the, the giving end of this fear. And see what you come up with in your life or in your interactions with the people, especially the people who are closest to you. But you may notice these things popping up all over the place. Again, once you know them, you can show yourself that, well, for one, I am always, like take this last one of, I always have the ability to see and value myself, to validate myself. So that is always there. You are always there as a resource for you and your, your infinite energetic being. If you go there, I go there, is always there for you. Um, always. So that's something that's really important and powerful. And at the same time, now that you realize the impact that other people or circumstances are having on you and how specifically they are impacting you or the ways you might be impacting them, and you have a language for teasing those things apart so that they all don't get mushed together, it's important to recognize the specific flavor of what's going on so that you can address it with clarity with precision, and with kindness. And you can own your experience. So if you're able to say, you know, my story in this moment is that you're not, you're not seeing me, you're not appreciating my contribution 
in our family. And I want you to know that I experienced that as this deep sinking feeling, this contraction. Actually, when I just mentioned that, wow, I felt this huge contraction in my heart. And uh, so, yeah, wow, that's powerful, right? That So for me, somewhere in there, there's this, um, I would put that at probably a level of a two or a three, this fear that my contribution uh, in my family isn't being appreciated. Wow. So there's a little something for me to work on with my with my counselor um, and myself, my own my own work. Either way, um, I'm gonna I'm making a note of that right now, and I'm gonna pay attention to it. So thank you for coming on this journey with me today uh, into a vulnerable place, talking about the languages of fear and how they impact us. And you can see how the love languages, that's just like one dimension. And it's an important dimension, a very positive dimension. And there are all these other ways that we show up for the other people in our lives that can help them feel safe physically, that can help them feel loved, that can help them feel like you are there no matter what, and that can help them feel like you see them, you see deep into the fabric of their very soul and what specialness they offer with their existence. If you're able to show up with ferocity around all those four things, then you'll be doing a good part to counteract those fears that are just running rampant in all of us, really. I wish you luck, and I also look forward to hearing from you. You can find me in the Relationship Alive community on Facebook that I mentioned earlier. You can also, as always, email me. My email address is neilius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S, at neilsatin.com. I cannot always respond to your email, but I will read it, and either I'll respond or, you never know, it may uh, come up as a future episode of Relationship Alive. Um, of course, I'll keep you anonymous if you desire. I think that's it for today. And this has been such a rich topic. I really appreciate you being here with me to talk about it. And I look forward to hearing about your discoveries on this journey. Meanwhile, I will see you next week with our very special guest, Alicia Munoz, who is going to be talking about her recipes for no more fighting in your relationship. Um, you're not going to be able to eliminate conflict entirely, but she gives you these simple ways to help your relationship in a very reasonable amount of time every week 20 minutes i think is what she says 20 minutes a week that can really improve the quality of life that you have in your relationship so i'll see you next week with alicia munoz and until then take good care of yourself and your loved ones bye now <laughs>